1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Moser. And joining me today is Lena McCool. You can follow him on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast.
0: Landon, did you enjoy your three-day weekend? I did, and I am, uh, just to give you guys uh, the announcement why I'm not answering your questions, I got another four-day weekend coming up because it's my 40th Man. birthday, and I am getting the hell out of Dodge to go celebrate it and uh, have no one tell me how old I am. And, uh, let's just pretend like it didn't happen at all. <laughs>
1: So. I, I saw the secret location that you're going to be staying at, and let's just say you you are going to have a very very nice weekend.
0: Well, yes, I, 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 I don't honest. mind I don't mind revealing. I'm, I'm going to Palm Springs, uh, and it, and I fi- figured that since I'm turning into an old man, uh, I might as well go <laughs> where all the the old people are. So sure. Palm Springs it true. is.
1: All right. Uh, so today, before Landon heads off to his vacation, we got a couple shows coming up for you. Um, today, we're going to talk about some defensive tackles. Last week, we did our defensive end preview for the Cowboys heading into the 2019 season. Today, mm. let's talk about those defensive tackles. Mm. Uh, and let's go ahead and start right off with Malik Collins entering a contract year. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Malik Collins. I don't think he's an elite defensive tackle, but hes I don't think he's an average one either. When he's healthy, I think he, he can give you some pretty high-quality snaps. Um, what are you expecting from Malik Collins entering the fourth year of his career?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, Collins is such an interesting player for us because you see it. And, and, and you see it every time he, he's able to play. And, you know, whether it's training camp, whenever he's a, able to practice in training camp uh, and, or in games, you know, it's, he has something. You know, there's something there. Oh, absolutely, He he has, uh, uh, you know, hips and feet that, uh, you know, Justice Mosqueda described as linebacker hips and feet, you know, and I Mm -hmm. I think that's a very good description. He looks, and I think that Hill has a certain amount of this to his game as well, where uh, he just, he he is a certain size of a certain girth, and he moves in a way that is not, doesn't seem very natural. It doesn't, like, for a guy that size. He's a really, really good mover. Um, You know, and I think he's, all the elements are there. I, I really do think that the the thing that is holding back Malik Collins from being a, you know, not only just a starter three technique, but uh, uh, a better than average, you know, plus starter at three technique, which I think he has in him, is is the fact that he just almost never practices. I mean, he's hurt. Yeah. To his credit, he never misses games. And I think that that's something that we've all pointed out in defense of Malik Collins, Um, But I think it's now time to start discussing the fact that this guy, you know, doesn't practice enough to uh, get a lot better. And and I think that's where the issue is, is that he spent so much time just trying to get on the field – um and this is a guy like look I mean he got hurt his rookie year uh missed a whole bunch of training camp was able even as a defensive tackle rookie defensive tackle to come into the league uh and and you know immediately start producing at a at a decent level and and I think that that shows you just kind of you know what kind of guy he is, and what kind of player he is, that—that's not, you know. I think anybody who studies this thing would tell you that that is not a a common occurrence. Defensive tackles do not just step in and start performing, uh, you know, at an no. at, at an operable, He had five sacks this rookie year; he's the, the most he's had. Yeah. So I, I
1: think I, I think I I'm, I think I tweeted out something before, like the the list of defensive tackles who've had five sacks before their age twenty two season. Is like Malik
0: Collins and Warren Sapp.
1: Like, that's the entire list. And that's the entire list. list.
0: Right and, and that's the other thing that's crazy about uh, this is that even right now, as we speak right now, he just turned 24 years old. Like, last it's inc- month. It's incredible. That's that's crazy. So, uh, you know, there's lots of things. There are tons of things to like about Malik Collins. The issue is is that, you know, He's had five and a half sacks the last two years from a three-tech position that you need more than that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think that, and and to, to his credit, it wasn't like I said it wasn't until just this last season that he was actually starting to miss games due to injury. So you know he has a, an issue with his foot that's clearly something that's going to be ongoing and it's and it's unfortunate because i i really feel like if he was if if injury was taken off his plate this is really a guy who i think could have developed into something special just because he has all the tools there he's a hard worker and he's young it it just really feels like despite him only missing i think something like 3 games in his whole career uh, that he has not been able to develop because of all the time that he's had to spend on the trainer trainer's table as opposed to being on the practice field. Yeah,
1: I'm really interested to see Malik Collins this year. I, I saw some of the videos that he posted on Instagram and it, he actually looks a little bit skinnier than we've seen him in a couple of years. Um, I, I think you hit the nail on that. The, the problem with him has never been his ability. It's just been his availability. I mean, he just he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But again, we're looking at a guy who is... What, not even in his peak of his career yet? I think one of my favorite things from this draft was Malik Collins was like three months older than Christian Wilkins, who was a top 15 pick by the Dolphins. So you still have a guy that, if he can stay healthy, you still think he's on the the upswing of his career. Um, And if he has a good year, Landon, let's say he has a 7 8 sack year, do do the Cowboys think about re signing him or do they already kind of have plans in their mind to move on and have Tristan Hill? Kind of replace
0: him next year. I would because talk I talk to him. I would at least see you know like he, there's so much so talent inside there. I think. He's a guy that I think I think he's a guy right now that I think is it would
1: be an intriguing guy to sign to a one or two year extension at this point mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, now maybe Malik Collins doesn't go for that because he knows what's behind him and he sure. knows the plan and he knows that free agency's coming. But if I'm the Cowboys and, and I can lock up. Malik Collins for another year or another two years on a fairly team-friendly deal, I'm, I'm certainly open to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if it's a situation where he wants to stay, he likes it here, which, you know, it happens, and, and he's willing to take kind of a cheap prove-it deal, uh, uh, you know, cheap for what what he is, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think that I absolutely would. Now, if he goes out here and gets eight sacks next season, that may be a different story, but, you know, I think, right. I, I, I really, I think we Made it clear with the way we're talking about him. I really like Malik Collins, and and I and I like you know he's a hard worker. He gets it. He's and he's talented. I just think that it's he's had a hard time with his foot. That's what scares me. And and even if he came out and he did, uh, you know, get ten sacks and and showed you a lot, like you know, really maybe even if he came out here and really set the world on fire, uh, the the one thing that would give me pause is that foot. Never really seemed to heal right, so uh, I. And and to, it's to, causing to his issues. defense. Yeah, good to to do his defense. How many games do you think he's missed in his career? I, I the number that was in my head was like three or something like that. Yeah, three. Is that, that what it that's, is?
1: He's missed three games in his entire
0: career, and they came this year. And that's nuts. Uh, so, some of it was, yeah. I mean, that's just considering everything, like all the different like injuries he's dealt with, like the fact that he's only missed three games. Is is crazy because you you think about him as being an oft injured player, but he doesn't miss games really very often.
1: No, and, and to his credit, he stays on the field, and I know that he play, plays through a lot of pain. Yeah, and I think that's why Marinelli loves him so much. I agree. Um, let's take a yeah, let's take a quick break, and we'll t- come back and we'll talk about the Cowboys' first pick in the twenty nineteen NFL Draft. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence that you need. Listen up, BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cial's, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free. When you use our special promo code LOCKEDON, just pay $5 shipping Again, that's blue, B L U E, chew.com. Promo code locked on to try it for free right now. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, Landon, let's talk about the guy who could eventually end up replacing Malik Collins, Tristan Hill. This was a guy that the Cowboys obviously targeted. Pretty early on in the draft process, it seemed like from what it, maybe the middle of March, beginning of April, we kind of had a feeling that Tristan Hill carried a pretty high grade on their board. What is your expectation for him as a rookie?
0: <coughs> well, it's tough. I mean, because we talked about Collins, we talked about you know what what are we going to get out of Collins? Um, I think that they're yeah. going to try to to push Tristan Hill and you know get get him on the field, get him going. I think early on it would be you know good to kind of just get him in pass rushing situations i i tend to think in you know just watching his game that he is probably going to it's kind of almost backwards where i feel like uh he is likely going to be a little bit better playing the pass than he will be playing the run i think early I on yeah. just because of the type of game he plays Um, But I think you get him out there and, and, you know, definitely in passing situations, get a nice little rotation with Malik Collins going. And and I think that, you know, as the season goes on, as he gets more comfortable, he'll start to increase his percentage of those snaps. And, you know, I think the question that's how it will look. The question is. How steep of that is that curve you know how quickly is he starting to get the lion's share of those snaps at that spot uh, and and I think that will all be dictated t- dictated by what we see in training camp uh what we and what we see early on on in his snaps uh, what what kind of you know performance uh, he has and where he is in his development so uh you know I think it's It's one of those things, well, I I think it's pretty safe to say that you're going to see him on passing downs. I think we can say that right now. How much more beyond that, beyond being in there for special packages that they put him in and that sort of thing, uh, I think that's all going to be dictated by his play in the preseason and then early on in the season.
1: Yeah, I think Tristan Hill is going to be a fun one to watch because I think his explosiveness and his athleticism just jumps off the screen. If you watched him at UCF, my gosh, the guy was off the ball first every single snap. And I think you mentioned, I, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a much better player against the pass, probably early in his career than he is against the run. It's not to say that I don't think he can help you there. I just think that it's going to take him some time to become a little bit more of a disciplined player. You saw that at college every once in a while. He'd get too far up the field or he'd get washed out of the play. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how quickly he can develop as a run defender, and I think that'll kind of tie into his playing time. The better he gets as a run defender, the more confident that Rob Marinelli can put him on the field and know that he's not going to be a liability.
0: Real, real quick, um, let's go real ahead. Real quick, yeah. Right, I would just ahead. say that also. I think he's going to be useful as a guy on stunts because because he's so explosive mm, and yes. he's big. I think that's where he may find some immediate value as a pass rusher is working with DeMarcus Lawrence on that side uh, with these these stunts and twists and everything and just working to help get Lawrence free and then Lawrence helping to work get him free.
1: Do you think we'll see packages with Malik Collins and Tristan Hill on the field at the same time? I,
0: yeah, absolutely. Why not? Okay. On, pass, I, on long downs. I mean, I think there's a good chance that if if Tristan Hill works out well, we start seeing Malik Collins just play a lot more one technique. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I think that would, that would give you more athleticism
1: on the field. Um, And let's go ahead and talk about some of those one techniques. Most likely the starter is going to be Antoine Woods, who was kind of a surprising player for the Cowboys last year. I think it was you laying in that training camp that kind of thought Woods looked good over Frederick. Uh, There was a couple times where he put Frederick on the ground. Uh, we we kind of found out later there was yeah. there was something going on yeah. with Frederick and he wasn't 100. Uh, percent But all in all, a pretty good season from Antoine Woods. Struggled a little bit in the playoff game against the Rams. Uh, but what are you expecting from Woods in year two in Dallas? Well, I
0: mean, I think surprise is definitely the understatement of the year by you as far as where Antoine <laughs> yeah. Woods came from. Um, and I think that you know when, what we saw early in training camp is that the the, the cl- just generally that we thought the defensive tackle class was. In a better situation than we anticipated, because you know if you remember going into last the training camp last year, everyone was freaking out over the defensive tackle spot and, and one Everybody, technique yeah. and, and you know wh- who's going to play that spot blah 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 blah, blah. and so they were throwing numbers at the at the problem and they you know they had Ward they had all these other guys that they had brought in um including Ross, and we'll get to him a little bit later, but you know it 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 became apparent and and, and let me be clear, I was not on to woods as early as some of the other people that were at training camp because i really felt like i'd like some of these other guys a little bit more but as camp continued to go on woods just never went away like and that's Mm -hmm. and, and as someone who goes to these training camps a lot i will tell you that the one thing that you learn about these guys is that when they flash the thing to watch is do they keep flashing like, cause it's great if a guy can flash here and there, or if he flashes like once a practice. But but the thing about Woods is that he consistently his level That's of play, the yeah. floor was very high. You know, like he wasn't uh, 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 quite, you know, just uh, being blown off the ball. Now, of course, a lot of that ended up being Frederick, but he wasn't. It wasn't just Frederick he was going against. He was going against Looney, who was you know, healthy and ended up playing pretty solid center for us last year. I mean, I think you could sub in Looney for replacement-level average starting center in the NFL, and no one would you know, argue with you on that. Mm-hmm. And I think Woods was having a lot of success there as well. I think for us, the, the reason that it was such a shock um, and it was such out-of-nowhere a nowhere situation is because Antoine Woods, before he came here, probably weighed, I don't know, what, 25, 30 pounds heavier than what he weighs now? Like Antoine Woods right. was was more being presented to the NFL as a nose tackle and, and like a Absolutely. true zero yeah. technique. And uh, I think what happens is that you know McClay and and, and probably uh, I would assume that Marinelli was involved as well identified this guy in his in his uh, explosiveness, his lower body explosiveness, and then suggested, hey, what we could take twenty thirty pounds off this guy, get him down to three twenty ish, three thirty. And uh, he, could, he could be really something as a one technique, and I, that's what they did, and that's what happened. And so I, I, it's all credit to him. He's an incredible hard worker. He's got really solid technique for a guy that is not super experienced. Uh, but I think you know the, one of the reasons that we just didn't see much coming out of him is that he was a different player, kind of playing a different type of game than Absolutely. what his tape had shown us previous to that.
1: Yeah, he absolutely was a nose tackle, and that's why I was so hesitant to kind of rely on him when he got here, because I just kept remembering him as that nose tackle, but we saw him in preseason. He looked much slimmer, much quicker, and he gave you some really high-quality snaps last year. Uh, I, I, I guess the assumption is he's going to be your starting one technique, but the guy that I want to talk about a little bit is Daniel Ross, who... I think both you and I liked quite a bit last year, especially early in the season. I remember the game against Carolina; he played really, really well. Um, does Daniel Ross still have a spot on this roster in 2019?
0: Man, I mean, you know, that's the guy that you start to worry if you see all these these moves that they made. Uh, you know, uh, all throughout the off season, and, and you think uh, is Ross. Because I mean, we are yes, agreed. We liked Ross. We weren't the only people that liked Ross. I mean, I think at one point, um, if I, if I'm not mistaken, he was the highest rated defensive tackle by PFF. Now I mean, for a couple of weeks, yeah, yeah, for a couple of weeks. So you know, on a low snap count, it, and you can take uh, uh, PFF uh, grades how you like them. Um, but I think that it, it does kind of give you an indication that he was, that he was playing at a high enough level that he was getting their eyes. You know, so. Um, yeah. Uh, you know I think that with all these guys, what they wanted to do was create a bunch of competition you know I, I think you know they they brought in covington and we 'll talk about him in a second, but I think you know that really what they didn't want to do was rest on their laurels and assume that they were going to get that same level of... They wanted to improve the level, but, they, but mm-hmm. I think on top of that, they didn't want to just assume that the, that they were going to get improvement from that position just simply by Ross and Woods improving. They wanted to bring in a little bit of extra blood to, to push those guys a little bit more, um, to, to a ceiling above those guys to work to. I mean, I think Woods, like you said, is the presumptive starter, but I think that Covington is, is going to definitely vie for that spot. Um, so so I think for any, every, if, if anything, it's going to push these guys to you know in competition wise to to you know do their best to work to make the team, uh, and then I think there's a very likely chance that we may end up cutting a defensive tackle uh, that could really do something for another team eventually.
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Covington because. Like Woods, this is a guy that the Cowboys kind of identified as maybe playing at a position. For Houston, he was playing as like a 3-4 defensive end, playing as a 5 technique. The Cowboys signed him. I think he was actually their first free agent signing. And the belief is that he could be somebody that's one of those interchangeable defensive tackles that gives you snaps at 3 technique, probably more suited to play 1 technique. Um, Are you excited about Covington in 2019? What are you expecting from him, Landon?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think at the very least what you get with Covington is a guy who is uh, you know, at least another st- a starter level nose tackle, right? A-, a guy who can come in and not just, you know, necessarily be uh the a rotational guy, but a guy who I think, you know, can vie for that those starter spots. And 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 it, it adding talent uh, like that up top, I think was really useful for them because uh, you know it, it. It I think the issue that they ran into is that Antoine Woods by the Rams game was just really worn down. Yeah, he and, was tired. And yeah. and I think you know part of that is you know, he was a rookie essentially, and and he's. Playing a 17th football game and and I, you know that's a lot more football games in a row than he's ever played before. So mm-hmm. um, I think at the very least you get another guy who gives you that level of quality nose tackle, uh, so you can rotate those a little bit better. You know I think that even with Woods where he was, they didn't get enough out of Ross as a as a run defender to you know really be able to get the production that they needed there on when they... Because the thing is, is that, like, some teams are going to face... They'll just try to run the ball all over you. Like, if they feel like they can, they, they will. So you have to find the personnel and the means to create your roster so that you can play the kind of defense you want, which is mostly about, you know, trying to... Rally the ball and, and make tackles, and, and but be able to switch it up when if, when they want to run at you. You need to have the grit up front to be able to withstand that and keep your linebackers clean. I, I think if once Woods got tired and then they tried to go to their second and third teams, they found out that hey, all these guys have been worn to the bone. They're all pretty young, uh, and 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 basically what happened is that the it was like an ocean of of Rams offensive linemen getting to the second level. It didn't really give much to the linebackers a choice. I don't think they want to get caught in that scenario again and that's kind of why they went out and got one more big bodied mm-hmm. de- interior defenders who can give them quality snaps and at least they can kind of spread the love there a little bit so that you know no one guy is being relied upon at the end of the season to be yes. to be the run yeah. uh, the, the kind of run defender in the middle and that and this hasn't been taking you know 700 snaps already by the time it's playoff time.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean that's they wanted another guy that could give them versatility but also could help Woods. I, I don't think they wanna have Antoine Woods on the field 40, 45 snaps no. a game. I think they think that's just way too many. If they can keep him around twenty five to thirty, uh, rotate in Collins, Tristan Hill maybe playing some more on on pass rushing downs. I think that makes a lot of sense. It, it felt like he was uh, a victim guys. of his yeah, own
0: success, real quick. I was just going to say, that that's all. It just felt like he, yeah, he was so right. much yep. better than the other nose tackles. They didn't want to take him off the field. But by the end of the season rolled mm-hmm. around, he had played all these snaps. And they're like, well, what, what else are we going to do?
1: Well, I, I, you see that across the league. Um, yeah. One example, I mean, I, this is just more of a proximity thing. But I watch Pittsburgh a lot up here. Um, the Steelers have, they play a 3-4, but their interior defensive linemen, they don't have a lot of depth. So guys like Cam Hayward and Stephon Tuitt, uh they're so good that they can't take them off the field. But when it gets to December and January, those guys are just exhausted and they're worn down. And their effectiveness goes down. I don't think the Cowboys want that to happen to them. Uh, again, like we saw last year with the Rams. So. Adding a guy like Covington, who can give you snaps at a couple different positions, uh, who might even challenge Woods for a starting job, I think it's a it's a home run move by Dallas. Absolutely, a couple guys that we didn't talk about yet that are going to likely play some defensive tackle for them, providing they make the roster. Uh, Tyrone Crawford, especially, we, we've seen him year after year kick inside in certain situations, depending on uh, the injuries or whether the, the game situation. Scenario, yeah. Uh, we know he can do that. Well, we don't have to talk about him a lot. Mm. But one guy that a lot of people may be expecting to, to play some defensive tackle if he makes the team is Kerry Hyder. Mm. Uh, we talked about him in the last show, but Lane, what do you think about Hyder as potentially being used as like a three tech?
0: Yeah, I mean I think I think he gives you some good snaps there. I mean I I don't I think his natural spot is probably defensive end as we've discovered. I mean I think that's where he's had eye. the most success as an NFL player. But if you look at his body, I mean you look at him and he looks like a uh, uh, a defensive tackle because you know normally the 280 pound defensive ends that you see they're six four six five you know and they've spread that 280 right. out across their bodies they look they look more like athletic five techniques you know that's what that's what you normally think about when you think about strong side power defensive ends right. This guy's like 6'1", right. 6'2", and two eighty. So that's more kind of like an undersized defensive tackle than than a defensive end. But his game doesn't work that way. His game definitely more lends towards being on the outside and being in space and beating tackles with speed. So uh, it's 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 a, it's a kind of you know he's he's an odd body type, and I think that's why he's. St- struggled up and down in the NFL is because, you know, different coaching, you know, especially Detroit. They've had, like, you know, three different, I think, coaches' schemes since he's been there. And so, you know, you look at this guy with his body type, it's hard to determine what he's going to do. So I think he's probably, you know, they put him at nose tackle last season. I don't know what the hell they're thinking. I I think he's better at defensive end. You know, it's just – it's. I, they're putting. I, it's, I just feel like it was one of those situations where, well, we've already got this guy in a contract. You got to put him somewhere. I don't know. Put him there. It's just like it's nuts. Anyway, sure. anyways, I, I think he's probably a better defensive end. But I would not at all be surprised and not at all upset to see him take some snaps inside. I think he obviously can do that, uh, especially in this system where you know the Cowboys more than any other team in the league twist, stunt, you know, they, they, they do a lot of movement up front. I think he has a lot of value uh, as a guy uh, in, in either leading off as the the eliminator, the, the one paving the way, or as the looper. Uh, and I think that, that, that he has value there as well.
1: Alright, two rookies I want to talk about. Both are undrafted free agents from this year. Uh, Daniel Wise, a favorite of the show, and uh, Ricky Walker from Virginia Tech, um, Landon, let's just kind of talk about maybe our expectations for these two guys. We're probably looking at practice squad for both of them. I'm a little bit higher on Daniel Wise the most. I think he can make the roster. Uh, what are your thoughts on these two rookie defensive tackles?
0: Why is this tough? Because I, I agree. I think that he has that talent. That if he showed out, he could be a guy that you you, you, you stash in the back end of this roster, and you know maybe he can give you something. He could develop into a a nickel defensive tackle, a, pa- a pass rushing specialist defensive tackle. I think he has value there until he can kind of get some strength up to potentially be a, a ro- more rotational a part of a rotation, right? Um, right? But the problem is, is that. They've got so many numbers now, you know, and, and it's not. And the thing is, is, as well, is that you know when we talk about the numbers, it's not just the defensive tackle separated from the defensive end group. This is one group, and this they'll, they'll have a they'll choose probably ten, maybe eleven. I, I mean, if they're really stretching of of these rushmen, and it's got to be made up of both defensive ends and defensive tackles. And right now they've got numbers at both, so. I think wise is could be a guy who could suffer from that, but hopefully not because of his talent level. Um, I think you know like i said he 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 has the talent to potentially be someone as a, a down the road three technique uh, but immediately maybe as a nickel rusher and then Ricky walker you know he's this really is a guy who came in I would think as more of a kind of a one technique type um. Just based on his tape at Virginia Tech, uh, I, it's the rumor that we've heard is, is that he's lost a lot of weight uh, since since then, and his looked looked a lot more athletic so maybe right. uh, you know maybe they're kind of trying to look for a uh, an Antoine woods situation with him I mean he's not he's still not as big as woods he's I think he's down to like 310 or something like that or 300 pounds but uh, maybe I, I didn't see a lot of burst in his game speed in his game so I don't know I, I'm thinking he still might be a one technique but I like I said the the problems that we have with with wise even more so for Walker he's got a very very <laughs> steep hill to climb in order to make this roster, there's a lot of players in front of him that the Cowboys have invested in, so he's really, really going to have to have a fantastic summer and then a, a really good training camp if he wants to make this team.
1: Yeah, just kind of looking around, it looks like some places had him listed about 330, 340 pounds during the season. Uh, I saw some places say he's about 307 pounds now, so that's a pretty dramatic size gap there, so... um you know, I, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I think they're probably going to carry a couple defensive tackles on the on the practice squad just because the talent level is so good. Um, if Ricky Walker can prove that, um, you know, if he can if he can prove that he can make the tr- transition to one technique in the Cowboys scheme, uh, I think that's going to be interesting. Um, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, Follow Landon at McCool BCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier and we will see you guys next time.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.